Welcome to North Star Big Book. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. My sobriety date is January 27th, 1999, and I created this podcast simply to share the message of the big book. It completely changed my life. It always changes my life, and I hope it can help change yours. Welcome to North Star Big Book. I am Carly Recovered Alcoholic. I am so excited to be connecting with a mama that I met, what, how many years ago? 12? How old is our, which children? Um, So Max is 12. So it would have been at at least 10. Yeah, at least 10. Yeah. Yeah. So we met 10 years ago in a mommy class and we found each other in the rooms. And will you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I am Becky and I am definitely an alcoholic. And just so you know, in my phone, oh, she's, oh, my she's Becky date. Blue Sorry. Eyes, be- Becky Beautiful Blonde Blue Eyes. Oh, what is your sobriety date? Carly, that's so sweet. My <laughs> sobriety date is um, is October. Uh, I'm sorry. I just had a text message come in and this is my ADHD. So it's, Turn your um, phone on mute. <laughs> I'm going to. I know it was, was from a sponsee. And here's the thing is like, I know she's got other people in the program because we learn you, how. You know what? You are not. Yeah, yeah. You're not her totally. only person. So let's And this is actually going to. Right. So this is going to be a great segue. What just happened after I say my sobriety date into this page that I wanted to start off with. My sobriety date is October 15th, 2017. Wait, before you do anything, I want to say happy anniversary. Thanks. And my first sponsor that took me through the steps, her sobriety date was October 15th and she gave it up after 10 plus years of sobriety. And I never oh. think of that date and don't think of her. So now wow. I get to think of you. Oh. So you have her date. So the only way you get to keep it is by doing this work. Amen, sister. Okay. What page are we doing? So we are starting off on page 133. And why did you choose this page? So there's several reasons. Um, one of the first is that, you know, it's, it's pretty common for those of us who are listening to leads or going through the big book to hear people in recovery say that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. Well, this is where we find that phrase. Can I tell um, you something? What? So I first got sober when I was almost 20. I was 19 years old in Athens, Ohio at OU. There there was a meeting every day. Two days a week, there were two meetings. And one day on Sunday, there was one lead because there were so few people that if they had a lead more than that, you'd hear everyone's story like in a month. So at that meeting, it was the big Sunday lead meeting. They had bumper stickers. And I saw a happy, joyous, and free one. And I was so far from happy, joyous, and free. I was on my car. I had question reality on Rhonda the Red Hot Honda. Question reality. And this delinquent is having sex with your honor student. And I put my new happy, joyous, and free sticker on there. And I thought, if I wear this on my car, maybe it'll happen to me. And it did, but not from that. Right. So, So what's interesting about this is so it's in the chapter the family afterward and I I find you know so many of us rip other people off in AA because there's very few original things but so I heard this from someone the big book basically is several things said in different ways over and over and over and there's a lot 
of gems in the family afterward. So many. You know, you know what? What? I'm so glad you chose this chapter because we don't talk about it enough. And yeah. it's the most affected place from our album. Yeah. So I was just talking yeah. to a friend who's got someone that they love that is an active addiction. And I reminded her, like, take care of yourself because this is a family disease. And regardless of what the alcoholic is doing or not doing, we have we can do what we need to do to take care of ourselves. We were actually talking about that before. So the family afterward is all about others. So tell yeah. me what we're gonna what, are we gonna start at the way way top? Well, so we are, but um, I'm gonna do the lead in for the very bottom of 132. But, but here's, here's the thing too that that for me of all the different promises in the book because they're scattered everywhere like gems and. We, we know that the promises only come true if we do the work and we work for the promises. But the beautiful thing about the promises is like kind of everywhere nestled nearby, for me, the way I see it is nestled nearby are the instructions. Yes. So I have to like look for the instructions and then follow those to have the promise come true. And the thing is, is sometimes the prom of the instructions are not easy, but at least they're clear. Like they're there. I love that so much. I just wrote it in my big book that they're scattered like gems, the promises, but mm -hmm. we, in order to get to them, we have to follow the instructions. Yeah. But, and the instructions are there. So like the instructions are not hidden, right? As long as we're looking for them. So, so I wanted to say that as, as a lead in, but, but here's the other thing that I love because it starts on the bottom of 132. Um, um, those who seldom play do not laugh much. Will you so, start one paragraph above that? Because I think it's really, really important. Sure. So read so, that one. So we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Outsiders are sometimes shocked. When we burst into merriment over a seemingly tragic experience out of the past. But why shouldn't we laugh? we have recovered and we've been given the power to help others. Okay, so pause right there. That yeah. sentence, yeah. I have like highlighted and circled and underlined, oh right? Because yeah. it, it promises us we've become recovered. We no longer have a physical allergy yeah. or mental obsession. And not only that, I've been yeah. given the power to help others, which is if it's my responsibility and my power. And if I don't use it, in my experience, I find out that I lose it. Right. Well, it's the power, but it's also the choice. So we have to choose to do it. Right. Yes. You know, like every morning when I pray, God, make me useful. Let me be useful. I mean, I have to see the opportunities to be useful. You know, they're not going to like, I don't get to dial those up. So but I can't I see them if I'm blocked off with self. Yeah, that's right? very true. And so sometimes when my day is like, oh my gosh, my day is not going the way I wanted. I get to stop and think, I am still being useful. It's yes. just not in the way that I would have envisioned. Well, okay, so it's not, you know? Because what I like to tell girls I'm working with, when we are alcoholic, real alcoholic, so we've got that physical allergy and that mental obsession, any day that I'm breathing, not drinking, and as a bonus, you know, praying or, doing something like, you know, eating something healthily and I make it through the day, like that's a miracle. So it's, the other stuff is kind of their bonuses, you know? Yeah. So I'm gonna keep going. Everybody knows 
We're still on the bottom of 132 for those following um, at home with their own books. Everybody knows that those in bad health and those who seldom play do not laugh much. So let each family play together or separately as much as their circumstances warrant. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. We cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, though it once was just that for many of us. But it is clear that we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Okay, before you go on, I wanna, I wanna go over a few things. Yeah. So on the bottom of 132, I wrote, laughter is a sign of someone who is healing. And I remember being in meetings and hearing my own laughter in the beginning and being like, what is happening right now? Right. And I would be laughing out loud. And that means that we are feeling comfortable and safe and we are feeling understood, right? Yeah. And on the top of 133, when you read, we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. I don't know many places in the book that the first 100 men and women tell us what they believe God wants us yeah. to be. And that's yeah. pretty clear. And I wrote on the side, what is God trying to teach me? Mm -hmm. Because everything is a lesson. Like you said earlier, I need to look for the opportunities to be useful. Like last Monday, oh my Lord, my karma baby was kicking my ass and I was in so much pain from all the things that he was going through. Mm -hmm. And I was taught that, you know, um, for our kids that, and we can use it for our sponsees too, um, that they're not giving us a hard time. They're having a hard time. And when I mm -hmm. change into that, that helps me like, okay, my job is to be the lighthouse. My job is to yeah. calm down. And I love that it's telling me that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free because I, if I feel those things and I behave that way, then I can help other people to get there too. Right. And, and even more so, if I'm even more calm to be able to see this, what is the lesson in this experience for me? Not what am I giving to this person, but yes. what is this person Trying allowing to teach me. me to see yes. grow, right? You know so, what else I have? I have... Um, Sarah, my sponsor, and I also have um, this code. It's called AFGO, A-F-G-O, and it's another mm -hmm. fucking growth opportunity. And we yeah. go, oh, I guess I'm getting a lot of opportunities to grow today. Right, right. But it's true about the we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. So that's the promise, you yes. know? Yeah. Now, the instructions in this case are a little bit farther away than in most of my other um, the other ones that I've noted. It's still in the same paragraph though. So just hang on. And I think the reason I love the context that separates it is it's a reminder that selfishness, self-centeredness, that is the root of my problem, which obviously is not on this page. It's um, or we are countering step three, but it's, a, it's what I was saying at the beginning. There's only several things, very, very, very important things that the big book says all the way through it in different ways. And it's telling us in the same way. It's clear we made our own misery. God didn't do it. I, you know, it's my self-will. It's is a reminder. This was right. When I got here and I first did my fourth step, I thought once my sponsor saw it, they were going to be like, oh my God, I understand why this is all happening. But that right. was not the case. They were like, Carly, do you see how the choices that you've made based on self and fear have right. placed you in this position to be hurt? No one's doing this to you. Right. You're doing this, which is so yucky and empowering. So tell us the direction. It is empowering. Right. So here's the great context. It's like this little reminder that says, okay, we're about to give you the instructions, but here's the thing. 
you need to get out of your own way yes. and remind yourself much earlier in the book, you took step two and step three. So you are to rely on your higher power. Yes. You know? And if you're going to do the will of your higher power, then you've, you know, this is an example for me of, yes, God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free, but it's not, we can't be happy, joyous, and free by doing it in self-will. So God didn't do it. Avoid then the deliberate manufacturer of misery, which for me is get out of, of self-will, you know? And um, how do we do that today? What do you, like, what's the real way that you do that? Because I can't just tell myself, like saying this Renee prayer doesn't do that. What okay. do you do when you get stuck? Well, actually, so that the next line is, is the instruction. And for me, this is how I do it. It says, but if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. Yes. So this is how I do it. For me, um, I, I think in analogies a lot. And I yeah. remember being in second grade and learning long division and learning that, because um, math always confounded me, and learning way back then that one of the ways to double check if I had it right, was that I could multiply it. Yes. You got to go backwards. So I love that about math. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, for me, it's like, okay, so what is God's will, right? Well, my double check, my like, if I, if I know I have it at least not totally wrong is I think of my heart is soft. If I'm, Mm. if I'm running on self will, my heart is not soft. I may be irritated or frustrated or, or I'm jammed up in some way. So whatever it is, it's not soft. Like the division doesn't, you know, I can't flip it around and it's, it's, I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, so how I do it is I get to remember that trouble, if trouble comes, if trouble comes basically means if I've reclaimed self-will, because if I'm running in sync with God's will, I'm not going to think of it as trouble. I'm going right. to think of it as I'm fitting myself to life's conditions. Right. Or if life happens, I, I wrote the word life on this side. Like for me, it's not even if it's when, right. When life happens, yeah. I, I need to do a 10 step. Cause I, I always yeah. start with the feelings, right. I'm resentful. I'm afraid I'm anxious. And then I look at what am I being dishonest about? How am I being selfish? Right. And I ask God for help and I pause and I think, what can I change? Right. And what you're telling me right here right. is what I can change is the way that I'm looking at it. Totally. And, right. And that's so freeing. So like I'm remarried and my husband's not one of us, thank God, but I taught him how to do a 10 step because yeah. I can't be in a relationship with someone that doesn't know how to get rid of their junk. Yeah. And he likes to hold on to some of his stuff longer than I do because it makes him feel whatever. And I'm like, look, I can't, I don't, I can't afford, the book tells me we can't afford to stay miserable. So we're allowed to have a feeling, right? And be permission to be human and be upset about something. But then I need to find a way to walk through it and do it in a way that I can be useful to other people. Because otherwise, when I get stuck in self, I am not happy, joyous, and free. I am blocked and isolated and alone. Right. So that's it. Like, whether it's saying the serenity prayer whether it's 
you know, um, like in the morning, the simplest prayer um, I sometimes say is just, I arise to do thy will. And I need to remember that my name is not thy, you know? Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's to, however I can arrest the, the situation, not from happening, but from how I'm responding to it. Because that's one of the other beautiful things about recovery is I used to feel like almost like I was a marionette. I, I felt like I had no other choice but to respond, react rather to the things that were happening and that anybody would have reacted in exactly the same way because I was so isolated and so dominated by self. I couldn't even, even conceive that there really would have been another way. I could sometimes do that with observing other people but with myself, you know, we still are often blind, which is why it says, you know, solitary self-appraisal yeah, is insufficient, yep. you know, with the fist up. That's why we go to a trusted sponsor, you know, initially with our fist up. And that's also why it's, I think it's part of the 10th step. We share it because someone can say, do you think that's it? Maybe there's something else. And that's why I love to think of inconsideration as like the crack of the door if I can't inventory anything else, because I'm still kind of blind, like whatever else, I can almost always inventory in consideration. And I then, love that you brought like, up that word. I think that that is probably the best description of me when I'm not spiritually fit. Yeah. And inconsiderate. It's like, it's like the, the crack of the door. If I can inventory in consideration, then I've got like a foot through the door and then I can often see other things. But, I love it. Um, yeah. So it's this, um, it's how I get out of it is first, it has to be the awareness, right? Then it has to be the ability to choose how to respond. And then there's a bunch of different options, you know, because we've got all these tools, but the whole like, yeah, God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free, but then that's on us to do the work of our higher power. Yes. Follow the will, right? Because right. God and, is not a pimp. We have to do the work. Right. It's a partnership. Right. And so the funny thing is about the bumper sticker that you mentioned is that a <laughs> lot of times when I hear people say, you know, well, I'm not happy, joyous, and free, or as if like it's supposed to just kind of drop into our laps. And the fact is, none of this drops into our labs, but it does come. It's our responsibility. Right, right. And it's way better than not doing the work. It's just, if I'm irritated, that's that's another way of a the double check for me. Yes, that, I love that. You know, it's just like why I love that, you know, the start of how it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who thoroughly follows our path. If I'm feeling like, I'm failing or, or whatever, fill in the blank, irritated, jammed up. How can I more thoroughly follow the path? Not to beat myself up, but to get free, you know? Yes. I love but it I so like, much. I really, really love this, this page. Can I say I, something for you for that? Cause you just made me remember on page 77 at the way top. It says that our real purpose is to fit ourselves yeah. to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. Yeah. And I wrote on the way top, I am responsible for the way I am today. Yeah. So if I'm not, if I'm not feeling like, cause here's the deal. 
we're not going to be happy, joyous, and free all the time. This is not, no one is promising us that we're going to be like on an ecstasy roll, smiling and laughing yeah. all the time. They're saying that in the middle of the storm, that we can find happy, joy, and freedom. And we can yeah. also bring it, right? Like right. I actually think one of the responsibilities that my higher power has for me in this universe is to bring light. Yeah. I do. Well, I think that right. it's my job. I mean, once we have been able to let the light and love of our higher power in our, of our higher power, that was like such a tongue twister, <laughs> that once we're able to let that in through doing the steps and living the steps, then we can give it away. And, and in fact, no, we're not going to be happy, joyous, and free all the time. Just like it says, you know, again, in right around the beginning of how it works, we're not saints, right. but another friend of mine likes to point out, it's not just the point is progress. The point is spiritual progress. Yes, I love that. You know? And so it's not perfection, but it is spiritual progress. And so the more spiritual progress I seek, the more I can be happy, joyous, and free. And then the more of a model I can be to my two sons, to my sponsees, to the person in traffic who's, you know, it's like, cause everyone else is running on self-will too. You know? I love this so much. You are like making it contagious for me. I want to ask if you would read one paragraph because you're saying something that's so awesome. Will you go one page over to 130? Yeah. I want you to read this because it's so connected to what you're saying. Okay. And I it, love that right. the text has it. Okay, I will. And one of the other things when you said about what do I do, I find that almost all of my character defects can boil down. I've got a, a, a funnel drawn where we talk about fears and the fourth step. I think that if I squeeze them and distill them and put them through the funnel, they almost all could come out as fear. So one of the other things that I notice if I'm not happy, joyous and free, it's almost always fear. So there's a prayer for fear that I also wanted to talk about. But And you know um, what else with the fear? Yeah. I 100% agree. And in addition to that, for me, the reason why I have the fear mm -hmm. is because I'm behaving agnostically. Yeah. Well, I'm behaving this... like someone who forgot that God's available. Yeah. I forget right. every day. That's why everyone calls me Dory in AA is because I forget that God's got me. And so the fear is there for me because I forget that promise in page 63 that God will give me what I need yeah. if I stay close. So I get afraid because I forget that God's got me all day. Right. Well, you know, the whole thing about um, relying on God's will is that it requires the, the you know, eventual, hopefully, extinguish of extinguishment of, of our will, which is the ego. And the, I think the ego is as, is as much of a, of a parasitic, you know, persistent monster as our alcoholism. It's, it, it doesn't ever want to die. You know, it's like, that's why the obsession is just waiting there to come back if we stop the work. I think that's why I have to keep remembering I took step two and step three because it's, my ego doesn't want to die. It's going to go right. like kicking and screaming like a, like a toddler, just like I was into this program. Yeah, you me know? too. And you know what else is I heard, and it's not my words, but it's someone else's that were passed on to us, was that each step 
it, the job of the step is to knock down the ego. It's the removal yeah. of the ego. Well, and the more we practice, like now I can laugh if I, sometimes if I'm, if I've reclaimed self-will, I get to be like, well, there it is. You know, it's, and it it's does Carly like, running the show. That's what it yeah. is. It's me running the show, you know, and now we've got the way to see it. Whereas before I had the, the steps, I really would have been confounded. Like, well, why did that person react like that? I know. Or even in the room. So my sponsor, the one whose sobriety you have, Uh she would always direct me back to, um, I think it was a page 62. And she's like, you're like the actor that wants to run the show and wants to run the whole show. And I was like, that's funny. My mom used to tell me that I thought the whole world revolved around me. That's she's like, that's because you, all you do is think about yourself. Yeah. Well, and most people do until we find out that there's actual freedom in another way of others. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you want me to look at? On I just want you to read that one paragraph on 130 and then you can continue because it's so connected to what you're saying. So just words as those. Yeah. And so I've got a big star by that. And, um, and on the top of 130, I've got spiritual life first exclamation yes. point. Um, so it says those of us who have spent much time in the world of spiritual make-believe have eventually seen the childishness of it. This dream world has been replaced by a great sense of purpose accompanied by a growing consciousness of the power of God in our lives. We have come to believe he would like us to keep our head in the clouds with him, but that our feet ought to be firmly planted on earth. So pause right there for a second. So for me, that's about God's my director, but my work is here. So my head in the cloud means I want to connect with my higher power. I want to think about like the beautiful life and, and all of that. But if I don't do the work right here, it's going to be meaningless. That whole idea that faith yeah. that works is dead. Right. Well, and in fact, I'm so glad that you asked me to read this because I'm, I'm going to continue. And I'm noticing that the last. Yes. Um, that's the last idea. Keep sentence, going. Yes. That's yeah, it. No, totally. And I've, yeah. got it, I've got it underlined, but that's yeah. one of the other things that I love about the big book is that obviously since it's underlined and starred, I yeah. got two different colors of pens. So I've yes. encountered this before. But I love the way we get to see new connections yes, or remember new connections. So I'm going to continue. Um, that is where um, this firmly planted on earth, that is where our fellow travelers are. And that is where our work must be done. And then I'll keep going. This is the last two sentences in that paragraph. These are the realities for us. We have found nothing incompatible between a powerful spiritual experience and a life of sane and happy usefulness. And, and I have that underlined, yeah. a life of sane and happy usefulness. And I wrote on the yeah. side, finally have a purpose. And I have right. to say, if I had to describe who I was before I got into the rooms in one word, it would be useless. Mm-hmm. It would be, I didn't bring, I didn't bring anything positive to anyone. I was like a vacuum of suck. And I always was hungry because I have within me, and I believe a lot of us do, all of us potentially, have this desire to seek something that makes us feel connected. And I always want to know what am I supposed to do with my life? And Mm -hmm. now because we're sober, the book tells me I have a purpose Mm -hmm. and I'm going to become useful because there's never a time where I'm as happy as when I'm being useful. Yeah, right. And that's often useful to myself too, because obviously in active addiction, I was the opposite of useful to myself, you know? And I love the idea that, you know, I don't even like 
to be happy, joyous, and free. I don't even have to wait until trouble comes to cheerfully capitalize on the omnipotence of my higher power. I can, you know, I can do that at any point. It's just that I sometimes need the reminders if I've just, you know, let it slide into a state where I'm feeling self-pity or I'm feeling anything else. You know, if I'm, it, it's if I'm coasting and I'm already feeling like I'm in the will of my higher power, I don't need the reminder to snap me back to look, you know, the multiplication is not double checking. Your heart is not soft. So something is up, you know, even if. Yeah. And that's why like the beauty of our program is just the same thing over and over. It's just the consistency. And, you know, some people are like, this is boring. I want to do something else. And, And you can, you can do something in addition but, you know, I listen to a lot of motivational speakers. And one of the things that athletes that are motivational speakers say is that in order to become awesome at something, you just have to become a master of consistency. Yeah. So you don't have to even do it well. You just have to do it all the time. So right. the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you do it. I mean, I joke about this, but it's true. I've had three of my dreams at night where I did a 10 step in the middle of the dream, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I've actually done that too. In the middle, I was like, and then I woke up and I'm like, are you kidding me? I have to do an inventory in my dream. But my, even my mind knows while it's sleeping that it's blocked off. Well, in fact, what's really funny is I've also had the twist where I was doing something in my dream where when I woke up, I was like, you know, sometimes dreams can feel so real. I'm like, wait a minute, did that really happen? So do uh-huh. I is it time to do a 10 step? Like I had to like, remember whether that actually happens or not. Yeah. Which is pretty funny, but um, I don't know if, if we tell me the last, the next thing you want to do and then we'll close off. I want to hear. Yeah. So, so related to the whole, like often when I'm jammed up in my heart, it's not soft. It's because of fear, which can come out. Yeah, I want to hear the prayer. Yeah. So it can come out as anger. So 68 is the cure for, for, for fear for me. It's the prayer. It always, when I say it, it just instantly lets me feel at peace. And I used it just Thursday. So um, this is, uh, it comes in the point of the book where we're talking about on the fourth step and we're doing the fear inventory. And it talks about, um, you know, where I, I love this part too, um, that, uh, you know, we're now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We must trust, we trust an infinite God rather than our finite selves. We're in the world to play, to your point, the role he assigns. So just to the extent that we do as he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? Because I've joked before, I was able to match serenity with calamity, you know, before. Um, so this is in the, in the paragraph about not apologizing. To Wait, anyone. before you go there, I want to, I just want to identify a few things. Cause it's such a beautiful place. You took yeah. a couple of things. So I underlined about the different basis about the trusting God and relying upon it. God, right. because when I was out there, the basis, the way I lived my life since a little girl was don't trust anyone. And you can only rely upon yourself. Yeah. And so when I got to these rooms and you guys said, that's not going to work here. This is a whole new way. And then that line you just read, I highlight underline star because it's a partnership line. And I love when we find these in the book, right? So the partnership, there's the, uh, you know, in step three, when we have to make that partnership with God, 
that God's going to give us what we need and we have to do the work well and stay close in this right here that you just read is the partnership. So it says we, we have to do as we think God would have us. And I use the 10 step in prayer and meditation to figure that out and, and rely upon God. And then God enables us to match calamity with serenity. So God's going to help us match calamity with serenity. We have to do what we think God wants us to do. And like you said about your heart being soft to do the check, my go-to check is, am I willing to tell my sponsor what I think God wants me to do? Yeah, because self-reliance is always insufficient. That's one of the things I've got in the margins on this too. It's like, it runs, we run out of gas. We, we yeah. have only so much, you know, power, right? And it, so all, I love all those points that you, that you brought up and it leads into the whole, the next thought, which is right here that it's, it's the opposite of weak. You know, we never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator. We can laugh at those who think spirituality, the way of weakness, paradoxically, it's the way of strength. And I would add it unlimited strength because the more I tap into it, the more it's there, you know, seek and I will find, but I've got to seek, you know, in fact, I love how the big book tells us where to find our higher power. It's now. Whenever, you know, it's peace is in the now. Now I find it now. I just have to remember to look. So it's the verdict of the ages that faith means courage. All, I've crossed out men, but all people of faith have courage. That's from when early they trust their God. We never- Wait, can I stop you for a second? Yeah. So I always talk to my boys about this, um, especially when they were littler and they would be embarrassed that they were afraid. And I explained to them, you cannot be known as a courageous person mm-hmm. unless you start with fear. Yeah. Because how is it courageous to do something that you're not afraid of? You yeah. cannot become a, you know, when people are like, oh my God, you're so brave. That's because they know that we're walking through something that's hard and scary. Yeah. We're acknowledging that you can't, you can't do this without being afraid, but the fear, you take the fear and you walk through it. One of my favorite people in AA who died sober, Frank Harnaker, taught me that in AA, we walk through our fear totally. and do it anyway. Yeah. We don't wait for the courage. We just do it. Right. And what's funny is that the desperation that we have when we first come in here, it has to be so big as to actually conquer fear. Because what it means to come into AA is to trust that this program is going to work better than alcohol did. And it did until it didn't, you know, but I've got to actually have the faith because it was just a matter of not drinking. I wouldn't want any part of this. You know, I, I needed something even more powerful and I had to have the faith of that. And if I wasn't that desperate, I wouldn't have had it because I had fear. I had a ton of fear. It wasn't going to work, you know, a ton of fear. So the fear is that, you know, we never apologize for God. Um, Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. So here are the instructions. We ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be, not do. We ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. Those are the instructions. Here's the promise. I love that it's be, not do. Because when I think about it, because I feel like we're taught for so long, you have to constantly do something, do something, do something, action. And when I think about that, I ask myself that question, Carly, what do you think God wants you to be? And for me, because I've got these children and, you know, this is our life. God wants me to be a good mom. Yeah. God wants me to be calm and kind and a good listener. 
that I can figure it out way easier than thinking about what God wants me to do because I don't always right. know what God wants me to do. But no, when I know what God sure. wants me to be, right. it's so simple. Well, and and so here's the other thing. It's like the 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 um the pinball machine, right? It's gonna you think of those flippers, it's gonna flip me back up into a bumper because I just read on page 133, I know that God wants me to be happy, joyous, and free. And I do that by following his will. So I get my self-will back in step 11, as long as I'm following his will. I get enough of my self-will back to follow his will. Here's the promise. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. And commence is the beginning, right? It's just a beginning. So commence is the beginning. So we begin to it. So it's if you're expecting to go away completely, they're not telling us that, but it's a beginning. So for me, I've got to share with you, I'm 21 years sober and there's not been one day of my sobriety that I haven't had fear. However, because of these tools, when I have the fear, I take the steps so I don't have to live in it. I outgrow right. it by doing the work. But right. like you said with the happy, joyous and free, I can't just not be afraid. I have to do the right. work to get out. So let me just give you an example because I totally agree with that. And when I say that, that we commence to outgrow fear, I'm not talking about like, oh, a switch got flicked and it's gone. But I use this Thursday. I was sitting in an in office. I'm having all this gum surgery, which is oh, like really expensive. So I know I have no dental insurance. Mm-hmm. I was just really, I was really experiencing fear. I wasn't in the now because I hadn't even had the full consult to know what was going to happen, but I was experiencing a lot of fear. And and I said, I texted to a friend. I said, I'm going to just recite page 68 because this is such a a firm. I'm going to just show you like, this is, this is such a firm, like part of the program. um, And I said, um, I'm asking him to remove my fear and direct his, my attention to what he would have me be. And I just feel my heart soften. So when it says um, at once I commenced to outgrow fear, for me, what it means is at once I get to reset from the fear of, I was experiencing back to, like I get to put those glasses back on to let me see it in his will. Yeah. So not so much like, oh, I'm going to commence to outgrow it forever. But in that moment, I could outgrow what was starting to consume me. Yeah. You no. Know? So I, I think of it as more of like a, a nugget of like in the moment I outgrow it. And well, then it's I, also the only place that God's available. God's not available in the future or the past. Totally. Right. right. And so I just use this Thursday and I love the way they kind of relate to each other that that prayer it's basically I'm seeking him I'm seeking him now asking him to remove it but the instruction is I need to think of what he would want me to be which is my truth is I don't I don't seek God until I'm in pain or afraid and I can't do that totally and it's okay like we're human right and that's what we do we just we know that we need to keep doing the work no matter what thank you so much for your time yeah, this was so right. beautiful yeah well and the the, whole, the the other totally beautiful thing is that we not only do we not have to solve it we're not like supposed to solve it like no we're to get out of the way 
It's not our business, but I forget all the time. I think it's my business. But my sponsor reminds me, Carly, there are two kinds of business. Yeah. The results are not my business. My only business is the footwork. Yeah. No, I, and I, you know, I miss, I miss seeing you at meetings and I would love to be able to give you a real hug. And so I'm, I'll give you an air hug. Yeah. So much for your sunshine tonight. Oh, thanks for asking me and having me on. I love your, I love the interviews have been as I've, they've been as fabulous for me as the episodes where you're going through the book as I get different gems out of them, other little nuggets. For any listeners who would like to get deeper insight into my story, I just released my memoir, Seconds and Inches. It was a dream of mine for decades to write my memoir. And while I do not believe in mixing money in AA, I just wanted to share with the world that I did this accomplishment and it can be found wherever you normally purchase books, paperback, audio, or digital. I wish you an awesome day. Thank you.